It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Breakdown is back. Uh, you know, it's funny. I get to say that every time. It's like I don't actually believe that we get to do this again, but we get to do it every Tuesday, which is awesome. And we are totally blessed to have our homie Joe Cutie with us. Joe is part of the very awesome Ice Nine Kills. I'm sure if you've been on YouTube at some point in your life, you've seen one of like the 800 videos they've put out uh, on this uh, on this this record cycle, but. Uh, when this record, uh, when this episode comes out, the Silver Scream Two will actually be out uh, on Fearless Records. It actually comes out as we're recording this in two days on the fifteenth. But when this episode comes out, it'll already be out and available for everyone. So go make sure that uh, you pre-order that bad boy. You only got like a couple days left to do it, but by the time this episode comes out, you'll already have missed the boat on pre-ordering <laughs> it. But go buy it, go download it, go save it listen to it wherever you like to listen to your music but joe thanks for being with us man what's going on uh it's good to be back after what we were just talking about two years so thank you guys for having me and yeah. thank you for the kind words but yeah, yeah man what saying? was it episode 11 11 11 dude yeah. it's wild that was that was before before my time that was when uh when our uh our, our, our homie was holding it down who's now right, uh yeah who's now Yes Men outfittering everything, which by the way, um, like I have, I just bought two shirts from Yes Men and uh, they just came in the mail. I got the Pesky Pazure shirt and the Sezikis like Ride Till We Die shirt. So uh, totally love it, man. Shout out to, to Yes Men <laughs> and Devin. Love you, buddy. Uh, but hey, let's kind of flip the script. We usually just jump right into music stuff, but 
as we are recording this episode, we are on day two of the NHL season. Uh, now, you know, bunch to talk about, but let's just kind of jump right in. So did you get an opportunity to watch uh, the first ever Seattle Kraken NHL game? You know, I, I didn't get to watch the whole game. I caught highlights. I was excited to see Donato get that first goal just because yeah. he was a Bruin to start. And I was a fan sure. of that kid. And, like, you know, it was just cool to see, you know, the young dude Hell get yeah. the first goal. Very cool. But, yeah, I, I, watch, I got, I'm, get I'm to excited watch for much. the new season. I got – you didn't watch any of it? Dude, That's I'm lucky my – <laughs> I'm lucky that my wife lets me watch Islander games. So, like, if I'm like, oh, I want to watch a Seattle Kraken Vegas Golden Knights game, she's going to be like, yeah, and we're getting divorced. <laughs> no, no. She's she's way nicer than that. I don't think that. But then again, I mean, that game was on at, what, 1030 Eastern Standard? So, I mean, yeah, that yeah. would have been a, a late one to stay up for. But, um, I mean, this you know, year is going to be a challenge. For, I mean, now – that they have this the ESPN thing is so much more affordable. So mm-hmm. like I'm gonna be glued to the TV the whole season now. Oh yeah. Like, how exactly how how can't you? Uh right. and I mean, you know, it, it was it was one of those games where like I caught bits and pieces and watched some highlights. And I mean, you know, it really wasn't competitive until like kind of the the last vestiges of the game where you know Seattle ended up trying to uh come back. I think it was four to three. Seattle ended up you know scoring a couple of goals which is super cool but um, you know, it's, it's, it's growing pains, right? I mean, like, you know, they're, they're a brand new franchise. They're all trying to get their, their act together. They're all trying to see how they gel on the ice and, you know, yeah. who knows if they're going to have the, the, you know, the, the Vegas, um, you know, like the Vegas glitz and glamor and who knows if they're going to, you know, run deep, but it is so great to have some hockey back. And to be honest, I was a little, um, I don't know, I guess what's the best word for it? I guess I was a little concerned about how ESPN was going to present it because I really thought they did. They made the draft so like kitschy and like, I I just, I wasn't super into it. I tuned out, man. This past year, the playoffs were just crushing for me. Oh yeah. Why were they crushing to you? Thanks to you guys. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I got to tell you, you know, I get it, man. It's, it's, but, Brand new season, brand new day. You know, essentially we're all all we're, we got eighty two games to play. And we're all zero zero, except yeah. for how well, do you feel about the, your your boy Eberly uh, with the Kraken now? I, you know, hey, already <laughs> missing, already missing wide open in the slot, hitting the post, just yeah, right back right. at his old ways, doing Jordan stuff, man. Uh, but I'm yeah, he's, very he's very amazing. I'm very excited though for um for for the island. I, honestly, man, I'm. I'm just super excited for that whole division. I think that is going to be ins- a very insane. competitive it's division. Crazy. I really yeah, do. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that whole, honestly, the Eastern Conference, like picking the top five teams there is so difficult. It could be in any mm-hmm. order, right? It's, oh, yeah. uh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be such a great season. Yep, uh, it absolutely is. And uh, I know uh, a lot of uh, hockey experts like on Twitter and all over the place were kind of you know i saw some people putting out um predictions as to what they think is going to happen and uh um i've seen a couple of people um predicting the islanders to come out of the east uh but two different predictions i've seen uh have had uh, the islanders coming out of the east only to be bested by by the avs in the stanley cup which uh, you know that team man whew, i know they're a hell of a team so i could definitely see it happening uh but 
I could um, too, for sure. God, that'd be that'd be crushing. That would just be like every year we <laughs> I mean, get a little bit better. You guys deserve it right at this point. Like, you know. <laughs> look, what I is mean, it? The past two years in the finals. Mm-hmm. In the Eastern yeah. Conference final, yeah. And right, the Bolts, right. man, they Bolts are a great team, but they've lost. Uh, they've lost some some you know real linchpins of their team. You know, Yanni Gord is yep. gone. Um, mm-hmm. um uh, I, I can't think of his yeah, name. Went to the Rangers. Um, and, um, pretty much you know, the whole, third but they're line just, is, dude, I mean, yes. how do you, it's, it's so hard to not say that they could three peat, you know, like it's, oh, it's yeah. totally possible with Vasilevsky and like, they just have such a great core mm-hmm. with those guys. Like you can never count them out. Yeah. You know, you know, it's a good hockey day for your squad when you're getting a couple past Vasilevsky, like yeah, it doesn't happen sure. very often, man. He's, he's a, he's a one of a kind goalie. Uh, he, he really yeah, is, but incredible. so hey, we're not here to talk about Tampa Bay. We're here to talk about the, dude, Bruins. I could go on for forever about all <laughs> these teams. Now I've, just, I've been like locked into research mode, like gearing up for the season opener. So I'm like, sure, I'm, sure. I'm ready to go. <laughs> but let, but let's yeah, just Bruins. really dive in into the Bruins a little bit because let's do it. Dude, losing Krejci. Like, how are you feeling about that? Dude, he's like, my guy <laughs> you know like he's mr playoffs in boston yeah so i mean it sucks I, I i get it i mean people are saying he might come back after that season is done over there i i don't see it happening but you know i, I don't think the bruins are as good of a, of a team as we were last year but it wouldn't surprise me if we perform just as well if not better it, there is like so many variables involved like I could see Swayman doing great things in net, you know. Uh, I don't know how soon Rask will be back and, and if he'll have that job as, as firmly as he did before. I, I'm, I can't, like, necessarily call that prediction, so don't, like, quote me on it, but there's just so many, like, younger guys and, and like, you know, I don't know if the, the lines will probably change a shitload. Who knows, you know. So I'm, I'm optimistic. Um, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I'd say it that way. So I, in in anticipation of you know you coming on, knowing that you're you're a bees fan, uh, I was like looking some stuff up, and I found this really interesting stat, which I think, um, so as far as the um, not the, not your your forwards, but uh, your D men, uh, mm. there it's it's comprised with the exception of uh, Zboril, all Americans. I think that's yeah. like the only squad on the NHL. It's all Americans. It's uh, yeah. They were talking remember- about that last year um, uh, during the playoffs. And you know what's funny is I remember um, it, that's changed a lot for that team because at one point I think in the last decade there was no Americans on the team, mm-hmm. and I think we were the one of the only teams, if not the only team, that didn't have yeah. anyone. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. I think that's just like a little, uh, an interesting tidbit, but I mean, you know, you, uh, it, the, the Bruins are always one of those teams. I mean, you, you have such, such a dynamic player in Taylor Hall. And then of course yeah. you've got pasta and Marchand who just are, you know, as soon as, you know, with the exception of, you know, the last couple of years, but I mean, as soon as they get going in the playoffs, man, they're normally like, you know, I mean, they don't call them the perfection line for, you know, for nothing. I mean, like they're. Yeah, well, I'm curious from from your guys' perspective, because, you know, it, around here, uh, no one questions the idea that they're the best line in the NHL. How, how do you guys feel about that? 
I told I, I felt like you guys you live and die by them though at this point. 100%. You're right. You're totally right. I mean, it's always been depth, especially that third. I mean, last year it was the third line center. This year, I mean, it's even more of a problem, like right down the middle. So outside that first line, everything can change, I think. But you're right. I think we we do live and die by that first line for sure. And, and you know, they, they talk are about damn like, good. They are. And I it's mean, fun yeah, to watch you know, they them. sure are. And they talk about, you know, like identity lines, you know, the Islanders identity line is their fourth line and all that kind of stuff. But I guess the, you know, the, the kind of the wild thing to talk about is, um, you know, pasta still young and I'm sure, you know, you guys are going to, you know, he's going to be a, a Bruin for life and, you know, Marshawn's getting up there, but you know, Bergeron, I think is like 37 or something, man. So, I mean, like his, what is he like his plan- four or five now, I think. Okay, so yeah, maybe, maybe I'm overshooting it, but even at that, man, you know his 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 days as a dynamic player are probably actually you're coming you're to an closer. end. He's 36. He's 36. Oh, he's 36. Okay. So so, um, so like yeah. So what like as a as, as a bees fan, like what you know what's the thought here? Like you know once yeah. he inevitably hangs him up, like what what do the bees do? Do they do they try to develop someone you know in their in their farm, or do they go out and? get a superstar to, to, uh, cause he's, uh, he's your center, right? So do you go out and, yeah. and fill that and fill that role with a superstar? Like what, what, what happens, you know? You know, I kind of thought, I've thought about this in a few different directions, I guess. I, first off, I'll just say that everyone has been saying that Bergeron is going to get worse year over year and he just hasn't, it's kind of crazy. Like starting to when he was like 30 years old, he just, he hasn't really declined and obviously it's going to happen. Like it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. When it's, I have no idea when at this point, cause I definitely thought it was going to happen earlier. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, looking back, our, our, we, we've had this like core group of guys for the last decade mm-hmm. and one by one, right. They're just dropping off. Right. And it's really kind of Marshawn and Bergeron are the guys left. And mm-hmm. you're right. Everyone's kind of aged out. I kind of think the good thing about Boston is everyone takes team friendly deals. Yeah. So it would not be unheard of, I think, to go after some, you know, up and coming star or trade for some high round draft picks um, in the future. I, I, I can't help but feel like this is one of the last years that this team is going to like, I, not necessarily fall off completely, but you know, I think I do think in the next few years they're going to be fighting to get into the playoffs rather than mm-hmm. be one of those top teams. Um, which you know, that that kind of stuff kind of excites me too because I like watching teams rebuild and see the direction sure. that they go in. You know, yeah, so I'm not absolutely. totally upset about it. It's been like a a, a really fun. Uh, I can't call it a dynasty because they only won once, but you know they they had such a dominant period, mm-hmm. um, and I you know. It could continue for the next couple of years. Who knows the way now, that they play. When, when the re- rebuild goes on for 15 years, I'm going to show you this video <laughs> and be like, you wished it. You wanted that rebuild <laughs> because Tom and I have lived <laughs> through a team that has basically rebuilt our entire I life. So, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. So don't Look, wish that I'm on yourself. To... <laughs> I'm trying. This is this is me tricking myself to just being being into it all the time. Okay. Yes, the optimism. It's the optimism. You yeah. have to. You have no choice. Uh, you know. Right. And uh, wh- while we lived all those rebuilds, I mean, 
you know, the, the real heartbreaking thing is the Islanders would do these things where like they'd go out and they'd get these like, you know, again, not to beat a horse with using this, you know, beat a dead horse with using this word, but dynamic players. I mean, they would get these guys who you'd be like, ooh, like, you know, like, or you would that's draft a great, people like that's a great picture for yeah, and right. Trade them away for them away. you know someone mm-hmm. that didn't even want to be on the team and played a couple wow. of years wearing a turtleneck. <laughs> sure, sure was, but it's like you know, it, the the NHL is a is a very very interesting organization in so much that like you really can have a rebuild that'll take you ten years. Yeah, or have a rebuild that like just happens to be a year or two, and all of a sudden you're you're cranking it out. Like you know, obviously the like the Detroit Red Wings are kind of going through that right now, right? Like they're they've been probably be in rebuild mode for what maybe five or six years at this point, maybe even longer. But you know, yeah. I'm I'm 34, and I you know growing up, man, like the Red Wings were like the hockey team. Right. I mean, like yeah, I remember I remember throwing like NHL 95 on on like Sega Genesis and just being like. Don't you know? Don't care that I'm an Islander fan. I'm going to be the Red Wings so I can play as you know Iserman and Fedorov and Shanahan and and Chelios when he joined the team. And it was just like you couldn't imagine like a a better team. But the interesting thing about the '90s though was the '90s. uh, You know, NHL was really diverse. Like you would think that the Red Wings, with the kind of team they were, they would have won five, six cups. But I mean, I think they they won two if I'm not mistaken in the nineties, I think, but I think you're right. Or, or, two or three. Two, yeah. But yeah, like, two or you know, three. the rest of the team, that's I mean, what you know, makes like, it so different than other sports, yeah, right? Like, that, right? like it's, the, just, it's just hard to repeat. Yep. It's just the nature of the sport. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I, it really is. Yeah. I mean, and obviously you have your superstars, right. But mm-hmm. just the nature of the game is you can only rely on that stuff or, or those, those players so much, exactly. which is why I and really with, love it. But, with yeah. such a small cap, like if one of your like superstars underperforms and you are overpaying, like look at what's going on in Florida, you know, overpaying yeah. Bobrovsky and he's not even yeah. like the number one guy. So could you imagine where that money could have went to right. booster that team? Yeah. And then Florida could be the the best team, like the best team in you the watch, state of Florida. Man, they're going to come out on top <laughs> in the yeah. East. Watch. It could happen. Yeah, no, it could definitely happen. They're only like one or two pieces far. away. Yeah, yeah. I I see them this year surprising people. Mm-hmm. And that's the I other thing about be this a fun team. I I think they're going to be a blast to watch. And that's the other thing yeah. about this season too. That uh, I mean, it happens every season, but this season, you know, more more than not, you're going to end up seeing. I think a lot of these like trade deadline deals and these big like blockbusters. I think this season because when you've got the bolts who are, you know, potentially about to win a third cup. I think a lot of these other teams are kind of like chomping at the bit and like clamoring for like, like we can't let an organization win three in a row. Like we've got to like really do what we got to do to make sure that we put our best foot forward. And I think you're going to see that. And especially, like I said, in the, in the, in the East and in, you know, our division, which is so competitive, I think you're going to see a lot of it there. Um, now, you know, it remains to be seen. I mean, everyone on paper looks good, but, you know, with the NHL, you never know. I mean, you know, come four months from now, you know, the Rangers who, you know, I've been talking about for God, a while no, and stop talking about them, but they're, but they're, they're, they're good. And they've made they a lot good. of good. They've made a lot of good, good investments on players and they've made a lot of good deals. But then again, I mean, you know, four months from now, the Rangers could be sitting 20 points behind. You just never know, right. but. 
Having said Could that, be, though, <laughs> I feel bad dogging him, but how Buffalo starts yeah. every year, okay? And then mm-hmm. they end up talking. Yeah, it's the poor, poor Sabers, man. And it's just like For you know, real. every time I, every time I think of like how passionate the like sports fan base in Buffalo is, and like I think about like you know, like every time I die, and like all these bands. That it are just sucks, like, man. I mean, our drummer is from Buffalo. Oof. He's a huge yes. sports fan, and I don't even bring. I do. I'm like, we don't have to talk about hockey. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just talk about the Bills right now. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and and not that we're a football podcast at all, but I mean, like the Bills just put a hurting on. The, yeah. The Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, like they're poised to be like one of the front runners to potentially come out of the AFC. Yep. But like you, when you think of Buffalo, like I mean, granted, yeah, they had the you know the run in the '90s with you know with Jim Kelly and the, the you know like getting to the four Super Bowls and Doug Flutie and all that stuff. But like I think when I think of Buffalo, like I just I, I think hockey. Like I just think Me like too. I you think know, Dominic they're, they're, Yeah, you think of Dominic Hasek and That's that it. team that yep. they played. Uh, they played the Stars Jason that year. Jason right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but it's like crazy to think that like the Sabers are just so bad. You know, Dude, and it's it, uh, it's it's, such it's a kind of like just hard. It's it sucks for the league, honestly. Yeah, it just sucks. Like teams should yeah. not stay that bad for that long. It just doesn't mm-hmm. work. And it's interesting because yeah. the ownership is the same as the Bills. Yep. yep right. Exactly. So you would yeah. think they yeah. figure it out and like <laughs> lead from the top with that stuff, but mm-hmm. absolutely. Who knows? I don't uh, know knows, all the stuff that Leonard came out and said about them and what, what's going oh, on with Jack yeah. Eichel and they're like <clears throat> not wanting him to get the surgery that will like basically keep him from being a cripple when he's older. Like Dude, it's crazy. It's crazy. That's craziness. Yeah. So, I mean, tr- I don't know I, the I, details obviously, but from, a, from the outside, it just seems mind numbingly stupid. How that, yeah. how that situation was. Like. It really does. And like, and you know, and and it's it's another tough thing to look at this whole situation with Leonard. Not that I want to spend too much time agonizing over it because it is really, really just a, a tough situation. But I, I like I still can't get over like all of these like NHL homers. Like, you know, Leonard is like out here, you know, talking about like this this real stuff that's happening in the NHL, and people are just like Oh, he, you know, he's bitter and he's just going crazy. And like, he's just, he's just trying to make a name for himself. It's like, dude, like how, how could you be that off base? Like, he's just like one of the only people who has the stones to come out here and be like, Hey guys, these are the things we need to fix about it. He's like intelligent. He acknowledges where he's at. Right. Mm -hmm. He can say like, I don't know what that experience is like, but you know, I've watched people go through X, Y, and Z. Like, he seems like a good, honest dude when you hear him talk, right? He yep. doesn't seem like he's just complaining or making shit up. No. And you don't normally yeah. hear these horror stories about, like, a team's franchise player. It's like those fourth-line grinders that, right. you know, really aren't even making that much money when it comes down to it. Like, yeah. their window in, in the NHL is super small. Yeah, they're making, like, $700,000 a year at the league minimum. But when you factor in that, like they have to live off that money, basically the rest of their lives. Yeah. And they might have these like health issues that just cripple them the rest of their lives. Like, is it really that much money? So like, that's who he's talking about. And like Tom Sestito, who was on the Vancouver Canucks, he came out and was like, yeah, like they gave me all these like painkillers and like 
I forget the drugs that he came out and said that he he was prescribed by the team. And like, they're serious shit that really messes with your brain. Yeah. That mm. they were just given to him so that he could go out there and fight. Yeah, and, and I mean the old out there. Yeah, and the old adage with painkillers, as everybody knows, is it's the gateway to you know more right. opioids. And you know when you're run out of money and you can't get painkillers anymore. You just go down the street and get a $20 bag of heroin. And that's how all of this starts. And it's like, you know, people, you know, it's normal everyday people who, and, and it, and what makes it even worse is like, when you think of like a hockey player, like they're going out there and they're doing all this for a, because they love the sport because, you know, most hockey players grew up, you know, with skates in their crib, but also further than that, they're doing this to like entertain us. And then right. like, essentially, you know, these, these, these owners and, and trainers are just letting them ruin their lives just because the more they're on the ice, you know, the more people are getting paid and stuff right. like this. It's, and a, it's, just like it's, a, it's a business, it's a vicious, vicious cycle, man. And it's, yeah. and it kind of makes you stop and think if, you know, the fans were more in tune to it and were like, Hey, listen, like, you know, these guys are going out there every night, you know, not just because they love the game, but to entertain us. But if we get hip to this whole idea that like, you know, people are like essentially like having their lives thrown away. Like maybe if we as fans step back and say like, Hey, unless this shit changes, like, you know, we're not tuning in, you know, you yeah. got to hit the owners where it hurts in their wallet, you know? So, you know, like well, I said, I don't want to like, he's putting yeah. the pressure on the league. Right. And they, I, I didn't see any follow-up. I know the league has yep. to sit with them. Right. Just, yeah. Yep. But I mean, yep. it's what you got to do. And I think it's, yep. I think it's the right play for Robin Leonard. And even if he, he's, 100%. you know, he's not, he's not making a lot of friends and maybe, you know, even in the locker room, there's some people that are like, why are you doing this, bro? You know, it's just like, it's gotta be done. It's gotta be done. Yeah. So you know, kudos to kudos to Robin Leonard for, for, for sure. getting these, getting these out there. So one um, I have one last, you know, quick, quick hockey thing. Uh, and then we could talk a little bit about ice nine kills and, and all the cool shit that you guys got sure, going yeah. on. So, um, now, you know, do you get like, you know, I know you, you guys have like a really rigorous touring schedule and you're, you're always, you know, out there, you know, being busy. And I know you're, you're also working on, you know, music for, you know, other people and, and doing all studio work and all that kind of great stuff. But do you get an opportunity, um, like when you're out on the road and we might've asked this a couple of years ago, but I'm just going to ask it again, when you're out on the road, are you able to like build in time to like maybe go catch your bees, like play somewhere where you haven't had the opportunity to see them. Like, Oh man, you know, we're, we're going to be in uh, you know, we're playing, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The, the observatory or the chain reaction in Anaheim. Like let's go to a ducks right, game, right. you know, like the, the Bruins are town. Did you, did you get that opportunity when you're out there? You know, it's no, honestly, which <laughs> yeah, sucks. I mean, <laughs> so I've, I've been to a couple games on the road, um, mm -hmm. but it really has to line up. It, it, right so um it's tough to be in one a city where a game is being played to true have true. the time yeah. off to do it like a lot of our days off are even like promo days where we'll have like a radio interview or you know we have we to do it. some other shit or it could just be a travel day mm -hmm. um but i actually moved to la during um quarantine so oh, i'm okay. stoked to be able to see as many teams as i can for like 30 bucks at the Kings sure. game. So I'm going to be there yeah. all the time. So uh, hopefully I get to see a lot of action when I'm, when I'm just home now. And that, that'll be my, uh, you know, how I get to catch all the, all the away teams and stuff. Sweet. Now yeah. speaking of so, the Kings, did you see their new uniforms? 
I haven't. Dude, they got like the white gloves, the the oh wait, they no, got, I like, did. The I did vintage Gretzky era Kings logo. It's just yeah, pretty. It sick. looks sharp. <laughs> it yeah, looks real definitely sharp. sick. I'm a, I'm a yeah, Jersey guy. It. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's dope. Really like that. So I, I do want to just ask about Big Z. You know, obviously every yeah. Bruins fan is, you know, go, going to live and die by, by Chara. Do you think he's got it in his tank still to be a bottom six defenseman for the Islanders? Dude, I think any team would kill to have him in their bottom six. And, and he is admittedly frustrating to watch because – he doesn't really look like he's going a hundred percent all the time, but like, dude, that the way that guy can just clear the front of the net is like insane. It's just his reach. Right. And, and like, you know, he gives him almost an unfair advantage and you, and he's smart. And, and I don't know if you've gotten a chance to watch, um, or if you've had, uh, if you've watched any of like the behind the B series, which is like the no. Bruins, you know, it's awesome. It's it. I think it's, they rank them. I think it's rated the best in the NHL. It's very similar to like the HBO, you know, they yeah, follow the team to the winter classic. Yeah, where I think where is HBO that available? That. I think you can even just watch them on YouTube now, but really that guy in the locker room is insane. Like he is, he is a true leader in the way he just like commands the room and, and, you know, talks about other people. And even you hear, uh, like stories of, of players talking about how they helped him with personal shit. And, you know, he's, he's like a real, really, really valuable player. Not, not even on the ice, I think. So I, I really truly think any team is lucky to lucky to have him and not even like, it's obviously I'm a, he's, he's, I'm a Boston guy, but I think just watching him, I, I become more and more of a fan of him as the years have gone on, just as I've learned more about what he does, you know? And, if I'm not mistaken, when McAvoy was first, you know, drafted and on the on the Bruins, they were a defensive pairing, right? Yeah, they started together. Yep. So and you know, was, we got young. Sick. We got young really Noah Dobson, who is right, like right. our next up and coming defenseman. That they're they're saying that him and Dobson and Chara could be, uh, uh, at least at the start of the season, the, the pairing. So. You know, hopefully we get a little I mean, that of that makes sense, McAvoy right? treatment. You need someone, someone quick to get around and, and, and Z to just clear shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who was the defenseman that got shipped out for you guys? I don't remember. Nick Letty. Nick Letty. Yeah. Right, right. So what do you think? Is that an upgrade? Honestly, for- you know, Nick Letty was, first of all, making too much money for what he was doing. And he was more of like, it, it was like a package deal. So when, when the Islanders brought in Nick Letty, they also brought in Johnny Boychuk. And like Johnny Boychuk right. and Nick Letty played really well together. They were yep. great. Like the, their games compromised each other, like perfectly complimented each other. Uh-huh. Sorry. And like once Boychuk started getting hurt and then like, obviously he had that career and an injury. Mm-hmm. It was just like, Ooh, like, we don't, our team isn't made right now to have this like offensive defenseman on our team. Yeah. So right. it made sense to ship him out. And I'm sure, so. 
I, I'm sure Barry Trotz just loves having Charb. Honestly, I, I feel like oh that's my God, definitely yeah. his kind of player. A hundred percent. I mean, if anything, it just fits within that system or regardless of who's a better player or not. It seems that Chara would fit into that system much better. Yeah. And, he, and, and even if you're getting are. like, yeah. And even if you're getting like, you know, a, a, a Chara who's, who's, you know, older and, and not, not the spring chicken that he was even, you know, getting Chara with the presence that he has at 60 or 70%. I mean, that's like, you know, a hundred percent for some of like those kind of like middle of the road fledgling defensemen, you know, that like, yeah, just don't, don't have their identity. Like, you know, putting char in front of the net, man, it's just like, you know, that's some scary stuff. Dude is just enormous. Right. You know? I mean, just, just playing against him, regardless of how fast he's moving has got to be terrifying. Yep. <laughs> you know, going up against that dude one-on-one. And then you also got to remember, you know, he's, He's he's so old, man. That guy probably sm- smells like Ben Gay so bad that like it just <laughs> any 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 offensemen that just get into the defensive zone, they just pass out from all of the Ben Gay that they smell. You know, so I'll take you. Yeah, uh, so we're we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna flip the script. We're gonna talk a little bit of uh, Ice Nine Kills, but before we do that, uh, we're gonna real quick uh, give you a little bit of information about our awesome sponsor, DraftKings. And I'm going to read you a little something about uh, the uh, NFL season uh, that is in full swing and a really, really great offer with uh, DraftKings and DraftKings Sportsbook. So uh, we've got another week of the NFL season, and that means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1. That's $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets. So and that's if either team scores a point, either team. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in like 1943, so uh, this is a no-brainer. That's not going to happen again. Uh, Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with uh, DraftKings. Daily fantasy sports contests and DraftKings is giving all of their new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with just one deposit, and that could be your first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. You can use promo code THPN. THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. Either team. It'd be 3-3. to be 6-3. to Doesn't matter. And again, that's promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook. And they are the official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer and restrictions apply. You see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Pro. Well, pro right such there. a pro. Such a <laughs> yeah. pro. Give me, give me that. that cheddar, DraftKings. So, yo. All We're right, trying to so. get that, that music festival money going. Hell yeah, man. So, <laughs> yo, let's jump right into it. The first question I have, and I've been begging, I've just been like chomping at the bit to ask you this. What was it like working with our homie from Papa Roach, man? Oh, dude, Jacoby. Okay, so even before even working with uh, Jacoby and, and the Papa Roach guys, we, we did that tour with them in Europe. Um, okay. They invited – it was actually they invited us out on it because um, I think Sweet. they were – they had heard the band and they were into it. Um, and those dudes, you know, there's always this um, – 
I'm not sure the right word to use, but you know, you have to judge the kind of feel out the room, uh, feel out the tour really when you first mm -hmm. get there. Like, what is the vibe of this going to be? Like, we're the opener on this tour. Do these guys want to hang out? Do they want anything to do with us? Are we going to just stick to ourselves, get catering last, you know, all that <laughs> stuff, which is totally cool, right? Like, we mm -hmm. understand like there's bands that have been doing this a lot longer and they don't want to just be making new friends every two months, yep. right? They are Papa Roach dudes are the coolest, most welcoming, like nicest dudes I've I think I've ever toured with in the industry. They are like awesome. so awesome as like especially like taking out a band like they treated us uh, like so well, and their mm -hmm. crew was great. Like so, it, that was just a great experience off the top. And and I think you know Spencer had done that song with Hollywood Undead and Jacoby before. And they filmed a live music video on the tour and you know everyone just kind of like kept in touch and in like you know that it it just felt kind of man i remember when we were talking about who would be the right fit for it and it just seemed when we watched the scene it was like that's got to be jacoby <laughs> like that gets mm -hmm. his head cut off <laughs> yeah and the and then with the video and everything like he just yep. he crushed it and you know his vocals sound amazing on it, it he's just it was a it was a great it was a great treat honestly and yeah, yeah I see him and, around in LA all the time now I'm just like just the nicest guy yeah yeah and, and I mean like you know have whatever opinion you want about Papa Roach but I mean he he is a a talented musician and a talented vocalist now a ridiculous when, vocalist what now when he went He's into so this uh, do you do you know if he like if he was like a fan at all of like of American Psycho like. Did that kind of like play into this at all uh, or, or was you it know, just like, I don't know, actually. I, I really don't know. I think it was, I mean, I would assume he is that movie's awesome. Yeah. And we've talked about like horror movies and stuff with him. So I would yeah. imagine he was pretty stoked. The cool thing about like being in a band like ours um, and being able to invite people to be part of the songs is that the people coming <laughs> to guests are already fans of what they're participating in before they even yeah. hear the song right mm -hmm. As if they're like into that genre um they're just stoked to be a part of it which is exciting because you get to hear people like almost act a character when they're playing you know mm -hmm. um but yeah seeing jacoby do it like you know there's the spoken dialogue a little bit and yeah i don't know he crushed it <laughs> I, I, we were so happy that he was able to jump in and do it and the video performance that he did was amazing too yeah, no, I mean, and that video is is just unbelievably cool. I mean, it's just like, um, you know, I, I I love American Psycho. I, I I think it's such a genius movie. Um, Christian Bale in it is just like perfect. But like, He's so good. it's just it's just like, just your 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 take on it and your little like, you know, Huey Lewis in the news break where you guys are just like kind of making fun of your own band. I, I just thought, it was yeah. Like, it was so cool, man. I, I think yeah, it's uh, it's great. Now, so um, this uh, Silver Scream two, right? This this is the first full length that you your bass playing has been featured on, like in full. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, yes, this is the first one that's been all me. Yeah, I've I've had hands cool. of writing on several past releases with the band, mm -hmm. like here and there, just little bits. But um, this is the first one that, from start to finish, I was involved in the entire process. Of the, of awesome. The so yeah, yeah. So so kind of give me like a little bit of insight about that. So you know, I think a lot of people, you know, that are that are you know, like Ice Nine Kills fans that maybe aren't like 
super fans are, are just under the impression that like, oh, it's Spencer and some guys, you know? So like, just like kind of give us some insight as to like, you know, the like the the role in in writing and everything that like that you play and the, and the rest of the yeah, guys sure. play and how Spencer rounds it out yeah yeah so Spencer it, it really is kind of you know you got to give credit where credit is due like this is mm-hmm. Spencer's like brainchild and he mm-hmm. has like crafted it to be exactly what he wants it to be so you know as a supporting member of that it's my job and in all of our jobs to execute what he wants in the okay. best way possible. Right. Yeah. Dude, so you need to talk to and, Tom. And I've been trying that. to get I, him to do that for the longest time. What? <laughs> With this podcast. Just to execute everything that you want. Yes. No, because then all we, then if we wanted to execute everything that you wanted, we would never be talking to, to Joe here because ice nine kills like has like, too much detuned guitar and you're like nope not pop punk enough next <laughs> dude i am with you on that though <laughs> I am with you. um but yeah it's like um oh I, I don't even remember what we were talking about what was the no we were just talking oh, about just how writing, uh, the writing yeah, yeah. writing the so, process yeah of course yeah i mean and it's not to say that you know every one of us don't enjoy what we bring to the table like i get mm-hmm. really excited about right like uh, writing music is my favorite thing to do more over performing mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah. Like I love comp- composing and, and writing and producing stuff specifically someone else's vision and like helping them bring it to life. So it's, it's really exciting for me on this particular mm-hmm. process. Like even though COVID was a fucking nightmare, uh, especially for the music industry and it still is. Um, if there's anything positive from it, it's that it, put us in a place where all we could do was write. So that's true. That was part of my mo- reason for the move out to LA was uh, almost two, uh, actually only about a week after we, our tour got, can- our tour got canceled, like mid tour in Europe, that Papa Road shore. I mm-hmm. flew home and then moved out to LA because I knew that we were going to be writing. Uh, and we just hold up in my apartment. Uh, it was most, for the most part, me, Spencer and Dan. Um, writing most of it and ricky and patrick would send stuff in just because it was just location based and it was a lot of the way we write is a lot of uh it's it's different right because it's based on movies Mm -hmm. so it's pulling a lot from scores and dialogue and lines and i kind of have viewed it now as like horror weird al (laughs) i like that that's a great description okay yeah, so it's a it's it's a totally new way and unique way of writing for me, where uh, it's not starting from the bare bones. It's it's taking something that already exists and um, putting it through a different lens in an exciting way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, but yeah, working with the you know, it's a lot of picking away and making sure that we're, we're staying true to the vision of the movie and not getting too carried away with, you know, the extra stuff. But yeah. Now, do you feel, feel like you guys are running out of like the big, like blockbuster horror movies to do? Every time we start having that conversation, we start listing them and there are just so many that we, I, I'm not going to list them now because I don't. Not everyone knows what the the songs on this new album are, but there are so many movies that we haven't touched, and it, it and it's surprising that we haven't touched them honestly. So, um, 
I'm not worried at all. And then, and I feel like there's new ones constantly building. Like there's even like, you know, the conjuring franchise is, is new. Right. And there's mm-hmm. so many like layers to that, even Annabelle and all that stuff. There's, there's plenty, not super worried. I do want but to do I, an I Adam like, Sandler EP though, if we ever run out, um, about, like a pop punk ska Primo. Adam Sandler EP. I, I love that. And then I was just thinking to myself, like you could probably write an entire concept record, just a, like about the room, like just about the room. Like, oh you my could god! Take that one movie, dude, and you could literally write an entire, probably like a like a double LP about it. You definitely. Could. It's funny that you say that because Spencer is like a massive fan of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's gone and met yep. Tommy Wiseau several times. Oh yeah, so, like, so I'm I, sure I, he would be thrilled with it. Man, in, in New York City, down. man, he, he has like essentially like a, uh, I guess you'd call it like a, I don't know, what do they call it when like you have like six months on like a cruise ship? I forget what they call that. It's like a, a residency. A residency. He's like a residency of this one theater in New York City where like they do like a room screening every month and he does like a Q&A after it. And it's become this like cult following where like people ask him the same questions because he has like the same responses like <laughs> so apparently like over like two years one guy who goes to every single one of these room screenings has just been like tommy why do you wear three belts and like it's like this lore like have you ever seen him like in like some of the scenes of the movie i love it he's wearing three three belts like they're not connected there's just three belts and it's like answer is just like oh because two is three is better than two and, like that's it <laughs> And like, it's just like, the, just the, the, like, and, and I think it's great that, um, you know, um, the, uh, like the mockumentary came out with all of the, it's you know, so Franco they and all that stuff, job. because, because if you didn't know about the room before, like now they got so many eyes on it. Uh, what an interesting, interesting, interesting thing. So if you guys ever did put out a record around the room, I would absolutely be all about it. So, um, I just kind of have, have a little bit of a, of, of, um, you know, information I'd love to get about you guys working with, uh, with wizard blood. So I know he's got such a diverse, like, like music kind of like repertoire that he's worked on. I mean, he's worked with like, you know, a lot of different, uh, like post hardcore bands and metalcore bands, you know, like motionless and white and dance, Gavin dance. And I know he's worked with like Beartooth and as I lay dying, but he's also worked with, you know, uh, Lil Wayne and Lil Jean and nothing nowhere. And like all this kind of stuff. So like, what was it like, you know, working with him for the past two records, like what kind of perspective did, did uh, perspectives did he bring into the production of your, th- those last two records, this new one and the last one? Uh, Drew is like, so valuable, like as, as a producer, mm-hmm. he, he's, uh, I mean, even in, I, I think about everything, like when I'm songwriting from like a pop aspect where sure. I, I it's all about the hooks for me whether they're heavy or breakdowny or whatever like yep. there's gotta be a hooky element that's singable or whatever right drew is like the the master behind that where uh, if you could be like oh we need something that's gonna appeal to this age group uh at this time of year he'll just be like oh yeah like this kind of melody and this chord progression it's just mm-hmm. perfect right like he's just yeah. that kind of dude and like we worked with the, the way this album was recorded um, was over the entire course of this pandemic. It wasn't like we were just in the studio for a month. It was mm-hmm. a three days this week, two weeks off, two weeks in the studio straight, a month off, right? Like, 
So we yeah. had time to sit with it and he had time to sit with it. And, and we'd come back into the studio and he'd have all sorts of like cool things to show us that we wouldn't have thought of. And part of it, I do think is because he works with so many different types of music and like the pop and the trap world and like so much different shit that he, he brings a lot of those elements to us. And yeah. I don't know if it's as obvious when you listen to it, but maybe now that like you hear, uh, like we've talked about it, you can go in and kind of like pick out like different things that are, I don't want to say unique to certain genres or whatever, but maybe not just, you know, in the norm of like a metalcore album, you know, like he, he's just sure. got a very, very unique ear and, and cool way of looking at things. And, and he's an amazing writer. Like he, he had a very large part of writing a lot of these songs. It's awesome. Now, yeah, Joe, he's, he's I do, I do want to just jump a little bit forward. Um, you guys have your album release in a couple of days and it's a Boston show. So, you know, the other guys in the band aren't necessarily from Boston area, but you personally are and Spencer is as well. So like how excited are you to to get that experience of playing a record release show in your hometown? Yeah. So this is definitely cool. You know what's really fun about um the way we kind of do things is um we before tours we practice in my parents' basement. That's actually why I'm here right now. And we don't awesome. have to do that at all. Like we are at a level where we could go rent out a space or whatever, but it's, it's just fun. Like, this is what we grew up doing. Just growing up in the Northeast, everyone played in basements, shows, practices, whatever. So it's just kind of fun to do that and bother my parents and have them cook <laughs> us dinner and stuff. Um, but so we're back here a lot. So this has become like the home base. So everyone's pretty stoked on, on doing the show. What I'm really excited about is this is like a, a pretty small venue for us. Um, we haven't played a room this size in a few years, actually, since I joined the band, I think. So um, we announced the show yesterday and I think it's sold out. <coughs> um, so I'm pretty stoked and um, it should be crazy. It's at this place called Sonia, which is like, I think it's like an eighth of the size of the place that we usually play or something should be pretty sick i'm pretty now, is there a reason why you guys pick that's like are you <coughs> trying to do a, a smaller intimate tour or are you just like wanted to to check this well, off your your list i think this was more so just something that was kind of unique and fun uh for people that were able to make it like this isn't a show where it's not part of a tour um like all the i don't know if you've looked at our our dates that we've played, we just played in the summer and these ones coming up, but they're all in what we would call um, like secondary or, or tertiary markets, like not necessarily mm -hmm. the big cities. So yeah. us doing this underplay kind of show in Boston doesn't rule out a big show there in the future on a future tour, <laughs> right? So there's part strategy to it, but more so, you know, all of these bands love doing this kind of shit, like super intimate, no barrier up close like last minute it's just exciting it gets the fans excited that they're seeing something like unique and special and the fact even like the exclusivity of announcing it closer to the date makes it i mean it just it makes it more fun for me too not even just fans and stuff you know it's just the excitement around the whole thing i guess now have you guys done like a salem show before like actually in salem that'd be cool 
I mean, we definitely have before I was in the band, just as like a local band, way back. No, yeah, uh, yeah. There's like no, there's no real venues uh, in Salem, which hopefully changes. They do like some outdoor stuff every now and then, but um, I'd love to. It would be it would be awesome. I'd even love to just do like a a VFW show, do the same kind of thing in Salem. I think it would be really fun, but. Hopefully soon. Hopefully. We do have like a uh, some events that are, I think by the time this comes out, they'll be announced. If not, sneak peek. We have like some things happening in Salem over the course of, of the month and everything. So, well, we, we love to be there and uh, it is kind of like our home. So, yeah, we're there as much as we can. Now, yeah. you, you like grew up pretty close to Salem or like actually in Salem? I grew up about... 20 minutes from Salem, but I lived in Salem for eight years. And I, and I plan on, you know, later on in life at some point moving back or if not in the area. So I guess since we're like right around Halloween, like I've never personally been there during Halloween time, but like when you live there where you were like, God, I just want Halloween to be over already. <laughs> you know, most people that live there, I think, say that. I kind of love it. I'm not even, like, a huge, like, I like Halloween, but I'm not, like, one of those people that, like, campaigns for Halloween all year and posts the, like, first day of October meme or whatever. I'm, I'm definitely not that dude, but um, I'm, like, I never really get in my car and go anywhere unless I absolutely have to. And the thing that's nice about Salem is everything is walking distance. You can get everything you need. So it doesn't bother the traffic. If I had to commute, it would drive me fucking crazy. But I like all the like events that happen. There's like guest speakers that come. There's musicians that come. The museum does like cool exhibits. There's all sorts of like unique vendors. So I love it, but most of my friends fucking hate it. But I also <laughs> think that's like kind of a rule of living in a tourist town is you're supposed to hate the tourists it's just been established yeah. by like every <laughs> 80s and 90s movie that that's just a baseline rule yeah i i it's i get it i mean and and i think like a lot of other tourist towns are that way i mean like i you know i live in orlando which is like kind of a tourist town and i mean kind you of. know okay yeah. so it's a tourist town and it's a tourist town. yeah but it's just like it's just one of those things where it's just like you know, it, it can definitely get annoying, but you also kind of you do understand the appeal, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, on, on the note of the of the of the Salem stuff, are are you? I'm sure you are. Are you familiar with the band Murder by Death? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. So you, my my so old the, band actually played shows with them all the time. So like you know, Murder by Death does those uh, Stanley Hotel shows in Colorado with all of like the, you know, the kind of spookiness and stuff. And they've been doing that for a couple of years now, yeah. um, which, you know, I think kind of fits their mystique, uh, which is, which is kind of really cool. So like, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I like, we actually I could did see... one there too. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah, I, I had no a, idea. A, That's awesome. A special like acoustic. Uh, we actually, it was in the middle of a tour and we made like an exclusive mm -hmm. event that a bunch of people had to win tickets to and stuff. And, it was awesome. Like that was such a cool experience. And I, I it was actually cool for me because Dumb and Dumber was also filmed there. And I didn't know yes, that until we were like, driving up. So there was a lot more to see. And they put us up there. It was it was great. It was very cool. We try to do a lot of stuff as much as we can like that. Like we played actually this was even before I was in the band, um, but I was playing this event was at the um 
the Scream house where all the murders happened in Scream. Like we've done mm, stuff there. That's awesome. There's like some blood. There's like a um, God. They're gonna kill me for not remembering the name, but there's a place in LA that's um, like a vintage video rental kind of museum that we always do okay. stuff at. You know, so we'll we'll do it. We try to do as much as we can, especially with the the horror community to support you know even other businesses and people like campaigning for that stuff dude and so one 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 other question i'm just kind of curious about um tell me about how you guys uh were able to to hook uh, gage creed man that's like super cool uh yeah miko miko hughes right uh that that was in the you know the the original pet cemetery so um how, how did that work out for you guys for uh, for that video i honestly video? don't know dude i i, I Spencer like has this, he's become almost like his own. I don't know how you would, what he is where he's like this kind of like icon in the metalcore world that has intertwined okay. himself with the horror community to a point where he's mm -hmm. now also considered like that type of like, I don't know what you call that level of celebrity where they're doing those campy horror films, but he's like in that circuit, right? With all these, <laughs> people so he knows everyone like he's always telling me oh i talked to this guy that was in scream and this guy that was in freddy and uh, it's crazy and in obviously you know when the when the actors find out about what we're doing they think it's awesome because we're singing about yeah. shit that they were part of right <laughs> so sure. and you know working with even like bill mosley is is the lead detective in all of our videos and his him being in house of a thousand corpses and all that yep. shit right like mm -hmm. he's like part of our crew now and like talks about us without us without being asked you know it's mm -hmm. it's really kind of surreal and awesome to be accepted in that way to in that world but yeah spencer just kind of makes it happen just with his like energy around the band so, it's crazy so sick that's so sick i, I mean that's such a cool thing i mean but you kind of got to like figure that like as you guys are, are further more and more establishing like your presence as being this kind of, you know, a, a band that could stand out on its own, you know, with the kind of music that you guys write, but because of your connection to horror, it's like you guys open up like the possibility, like imagine like, you know, next year, like universal just reaches out to you and they're like, Hey, um, you know, we want you guys to do like six weeks for Halloween Horror Nights and we're going to pay you guys like $500,000 to just do this. Yeah. Or like, See, we've like, even I talked mean, about like, that's the dream is like, Spencer has brought up ideas of buying out old movie theaters and turning it into like a haunted attraction or, mm -hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff is yep. totally on the table for, for what we're doing. Obviously, you know, a lot of those things are bigger ideas than, than, sure. you know, practicality allows, but uh, um, yeah. yeah, you're right. Like just being connected in that way to something that's bigger than just the songs that we're writing or even the music community that we're in. Like we, mm -hmm. we have fans that aren't metal fans that come because they found us through the movies. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's definitely unique. I think it's something that not even, you know, anyone involved in the band before I was involved, predicted mm -hmm. would happen at the level it's happened but dude horror fans are rabid loyal fans like they love what they love you know yeah i mean listen i i was in a, a, like an absolutely mediocre like middle of the road mediocre uh band that just like played wrestling themes 
Like we our <laughs> yes. our our dude, yes. our gimmick was that we played the entrance themes that wrestlers walk down the aisles to. And honestly, like we weren't like we weren't great. Like we were sloppy and we were kind of crass and all this stuff. But I mean, like I think like the biggest show that we had with like minimal production value, minimal anything, like we had like 300 people show up. And That's they, amazing. And none of them were like metal fans or punk fans or alternative fans. I mean, they were in in like the crossing of all these wires, but like they came right, right. just because like they could hear Stone Cold's theme music and they came just right. because it's part they of could the, hear Hulk Hogan's the theme music, right? Everything. So it's like, so it's like, you know, that's such a cool thing about having layers to what you do because like, again, you know, again, you know, not to blow smoke up your ass, but like, even if you didn't have these parallels and all these strings to like horror music and stuff like Ice Nine Kills would stand on its laurels alone because you guys write kick-ass stuff. Like you just write well, thank great you. music. I appreciate but, that. Hey, you're very welcome. But because you have that extra layer, like you just have all this like built-in fandom that like people who may not, just like you're saying, may not be metal fans, all of a sudden they're like, man, like I really like like the whole ethos of ice nine kills, but like, I'm really starting to dig their music. Like what else could I get into that kind of sounds like this? And all of a sudden now they're checking right. out, you know, uh, sleeping with sirens or under oath or yeah. like any of these other bands that are in that space. And all of a sudden now you're connecting more fans to your industry parallels. Right. You know, and well, you know, what else alternative is cool music, is it, it actually, know? it works both ways too. It's like, you know, without us being involved so heavily in the mm-hmm. horror community and in, in the movie stuff, we might get sucked into, not that, you know, bands do this and they have success and it's awesome, but Mm -hmm. we would be playing metalcore tours and that's about it, right? But we can go Mm -hmm. out with a band like, I mean, a band like Papa Roach, I don't know if they would have looked at us otherwise in the same way, right? Like, Mm -hmm. because there was something that was added on to the breakdowns and riffs, (laughs) you know? There's like another level of artistry in it. So it's, it's, it's just something different and hopefully refreshing for people. I know some people definitely don't find it refreshing, but yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, having that, yeah. that mm-hmm. thing that makes it stands out helps, helps in, in a lot of ways. Listen, man, I've, I've come across plenty of people who tell me that the Beatles are terrible, you know? So like <laughs> it, Every every entity will have its critics, but I like yeah, I said, of course. I, people I, are allowed to not like whatever yeah. they don't want to like. But I love what you guys are doing. I, you know, I think it's great. Um, we've been at it for about an hour. Um, I I'll throw it to Mikey to see if he has like a little final question because you know Mikey. Just, I have a real important uh-oh. question. Uh oh, here we go. Because I know that Joe is also vegan. Tell me about your tofu scramble game. Oh, bro! I got I. Are you a tofu scramble guy? Oh hell yeah, dude! I have it. We'll at have least to go once head to head. We'll have to go <laughs> head to head. I'm pretty confident. I'm pretty confident in mine. I have a few different recipes and styles I can do now. You know what's so, crazy I'm, though? I'm, I'm, like before I became vegan, even even before I became vegetarian, like I wasn't really a big egg person. Like I didn't really, oh, really? like See, eggs. I was every day. I love yeah. eggs. But no joke, I can eat tofu scramble like every day. I think it's so good, like the way I make it's it. It's so addicting. Yeah. All and right, it's well, funny because like, I'm not like an egg person. 
so I mean, tell the world how you make it. Like you're going to be like, oh, I make it so good, and then not tell okay, everyone. Right, tell right, us right. how you make so it. So my favorite one, I do like a, a, a like a Tex-Mex kind of one with a lot of like cumin and garlic powder, mm, and right, I right. make like the sauce separate, the the seasoning into like a sauce instead of just dumping the sauces on it. Always, yeah. big key, press your tofu, freeze it, thaw it, press it again, freeze it. I do it twice every time and then, and then cut it. It makes a huge difference. It's a pain in the ass. So I don't do it as often as I, as I would like to, but I try to, as soon as I buy it, start doing that freezing process, um, cook all the liquid out. And then you use the liquid from the sauce, which is all those spices mixed together. It's like paprika, cumin, salt, pepper, garlic powder, uh, hot chili and uh oh and black salt mix okay. all that together yeah. yeah and it's it's fucking awesome and then it, all any veggies i have lying around i just throw in dude i i've, I've been adding turmeric and nutritional oh, yeast. Right, duh. obviously turmeric that has to be in there yeah and dude the nutritional yeast and turmeric together is just so dude, damn good i can't get into the nutritional yeast my girlfriend what? loves it and Dude, you know, I put that on popcorn. I could put it like I use it like I as know, my sprinkled cheese on pasta. But we, and we were talking it's about so this the other day. Too. Like when didn't you say that like you weren't really a cheese guy, Mikey? I'm I not like, really a cheese cheese guy so, at all. So that's so funny to me that like you like because I well maybe every, that's all the why times you like I've it. had you nutritional yeast. Like I think it tastes like like cheese. You know, I can see like, I, I I can see how people say it tastes like cheese, but mm-hmm. it's not. Dude, I, I'm the first vegan to say it. Like, I just don't think unless you're paying a lot of money that there's mm-hmm. really that great of vegan cheese. It just no, doesn't compare. I hate it. Right? I, I so, hate and, vegan and, cheese. Yeah, it's just it, – it, I mean, there is really good vegan cheese, but it is expensive. So um, I just try to I, – I just don't eat cheese that much anymore. So even that yeah, stuff – yeah. I've heard everyone talks about like like uh, like Daya being a, a good brand for vegan cheese, um, but I've also yeah. heard that that stuff is kind of there's expensive. the the new one. What's it? Mykonos? It just depends Me- on what it's on. Yeah, Mykonos is good. It it just it, like but on like a if it's like a main part of a dish, it's never as good. Yeah, if it's like in a sandwich, totally fine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't like like melted vegan cheese. It just yeah exactly when it melts it it, to your mouth it sticks and it's like snot and i just hate it (laughs) just so gross shit shit talking vegan (laughs) but but i'll tell you what man you know like obviously i've i've i'm not a vegan nor am i vegetarian but i'm i love vegetables man like i really can honestly say like you know like give me like a plate like and i'm i mean like a whole ass plate of like grilled peppers, onions, mm. like blistered tomatoes, like mushrooms. See, I'm actually like the opposite. Oh, I, could, I like really? vegetables. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm not like, I'm kind of a junky vegan food guy. And okay. and I yeah. just, my, my, the way I, li- what I tell myself, the lie I tell myself is that it's healthier because it's vegan. But it's, it's just, I, I eat just like, you know, just the same shit I used to, just the vegan versions of it. Like the fried chicken shit is all awesome. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The only thing, you know, I, I definitely eat healthier just because there's options places that are healthy. But oh, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, you should, uh, Mikey, you you got me that, that 
veggie burger at that place was incredible. Oh yeah. At that I, I don't know if it's vegan because before, you know, that this is now almost three years ago. Yeah. I was vegetarian. I was just then. vegetarian at the time. So yeah, I don't know if that too. necessarily would be vegan. I would have to check. I haven't been back there yet. That was really good. But yeah. There, there's a lot of good spots in, in Charlotte. Next time you're in town, we'll have to hit up some. There are actually a lot of, soon, actually. there's a lot of good vegan food trucks in Charlotte right now. Ooh, Down. Let's it. go. Yeah. Down. Hell yeah, man. So yo, Joe, man, I, I, I am very, very pumped that I finally got to, to get on an interview with you, man. I've been, I've been oh, waiting yeah. for this for a while and it did not disappoint. You're a great guest to have, man. I appreciate you indulging us and answering all of our stupid questions and talking a little bit of bees hockey. Um, I'm like I said, as the season progresses, man, I'm super pumped. I'm really hoping that we have a really, really, uh, you know, competitive division and oh, yeah. conference. Um, I'm hoping that I'm sure uh, we'll be chatting of... quite a bit over the course oh, of the yeah. season. We're, we're playing sure. each other enough. Hell yeah. But like I, like we said, October 15th, uh, the silver screen two comes out, which like I said, when this episode drops, it'll already be out, but, uh, we wish you all the best, uh, for the record. I know you guys spent a really, really long time cultivating it. All the videos that you guys have put out for it have been great. I hope the shows, uh, you know, around the tour that you guys are doing are, are awesome. And I hope the record sells the bejesus out of stuff. And <laughs> we see you guys on heat seeker charts, man. Cause like I said, for us, um, you know, and I know it's the same for you, but Mikey and I, we, we've grown up listening to this kind of music. So whenever we get the opportunity to see, you know, uh, this important type of music for us be prolific and important yeah. is just awesome. And it couldn't happen to better people. So, you know, like oh, I, I said, uh, that, man. thank you. I've met, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, yeah, if you get an opportunity to get Spencer on to tell his story about how, uh, Corey Schneider got pulled from his game and he replaced him and won the game. <laughs> I, honestly, I would love that. And if anything, oh, and now else, Corey Schneider's with the Islanders. If anything else, yeah, I really well, Spencer played on a team with him in, in in like middle school or high school. Really, just want to get Spencer on the pod just so I can spend like forty minutes trying to pitch him this idea of like your next record just being like an entire Damn. room retrospective. <laughs> like, I think I could try to talk him into it. I'll just be like, man, you got you have uh, uh, one record on that'll side. you know just have like a whole like it would sweet be an easy sell. Yeah, dude. I mean, easy sell for him. You have a song about Lisa. You have a song about Chris <laughs> R. You have a song about Denny. Like, it's just, it's so easy. I just want to do so scene easy. by scene. Like, I would love to write a song for that sex scene. Oh God. <laughs> oh, so gross, man. Tommy, if I, if I, that's one thing that I, if I never have to see that man's white paste the ass again. Oh my God, it's I'm okay so with it. Funny, I'm totally okay with it, Joe, dude. Thank you so much for for being on here with us. Um, go grab the silver screen too. Um, go check out all the music videos, uh, wherever you like to listen to your music. And then I guess real quick, um, you know, not that I anticipate people don't know where to find you, but if you want to take a quick couple of seconds, just to drop socials and stuff, just so anyone who might not be familiar with ice nine kills can go find you guys and check you guys out. Yeah. I think everything we have is now at ice nine kills, like actually written out, um, you can find me at uh, my Instagram is where I'm most active, J-O-E-O-Q-T, um, for all like songwriting or whatever stuff. People want to chat that um, and production stuff. But yeah, that's that's where you can find me in the band. And then, yeah, October 15th, it's out. We head out on tour in November. There's still tickets available at some of the shows, so get them quick. 
and then more stuff announced soon. Hell yeah. Well, Joe, mm-hmm. always, always great catching up. Definitely, we're going to hit up some vegan food trucks when you're in town. Hell yeah. And Absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll just continue to shoot the shit over uh, Islanders and Bruins throughout the season, man. Absolutely. Sounds good. Thank you guys all for right. having me. Congratulations on uh, all your success with this. It's been awesome. Oh, thank to watch. you so much, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, brother. All right, guys. Have a great one. See you. We'll talk soon. See ya. Sections a killer complexion is often a great alibi. Valentino could soar mixed with violence and gore. Well, I guess I'm a pretty sick guy. With my beauty routines and a phrase full of
Silence Mask and an Ice Bag featured in 